I should probably take this gum out because that would be annoying the whole cast. Man. Yeah. Chomp Chomsky over there. Hey, 244. Welcome back to uh, Z Podcast. <laughs> new you, new notebook. Same new bad note. manners. <laughs> Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tits. Starring the tits. Start. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. <laughs> the podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast episode 244. What's up? I'll be the host of this here podcast, Grace Podcast in all the land. All the land. Oh, my name is the Ted Smith. Probably should have thrown that in there. All right, to the left of me, first show of the year. I'm a little off. Actually, he's to the right of me. He's always here unless he's somewhere in Southeast Asia on two wheels. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Who are you? Shares of the podcast <laughs> pumping into the new year with buy recommendations from Goldman, Deutsche Bank, and Morgan Stanley heading into 2019. Ted has awakened from his slumber. Matt is getting laid on the reg. And Cobb is bringing that new 2019 energy. Will the boys skip the sad cast and sail straight through the spring break? Or is the winter just getting ready to destroy them? Buy your shares now and check back in next week at 630. We don't survive this winter without at least one side sad cast. All right, back there on the wheels of steel, getting the studio all set up, and the uh, headphones, when he remembers after talking to Taryn, <laughs> Matt Comer, the producer, good to catch up. FCTP, what's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. How you doing, man? Good. Excited for Taryn's birthday. Oh, nice. You going to be there? I should be. Okay. I'm trying to be very uh, strict the next couple of months, so I, that might be a quick appearance by one Ted Smith. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a big weekend coming up. Actually... Yeah, my buddy's in town. Actually, you know what? Before I get into anything, I want to start with a, a nice announcement. Cobb already knew this. I did, I did not say it on the cast. Uh, it's nothing. Matt's giving me a look. It's just something personal. But uh, a big <laughs> congratulations to my brother, Chris Smith, now principal. Yeah, yeah congratulations. He's been a vice principal for years. He's been striving for it. So, yeah, really, really cool to see my brother get that done. Yeah, and it's cool. kind of wild that my brother is actually the principal of a school. He is the <laughs> law, man. I know, right? Man. Like, you probably have some stories for those kids. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird, right? Because, like, you might remember a teacher or two. Cobb, were you and I talking about this? No. Like, you might remember. We talked about Chris, but not this. Like, you might remember a teacher or two, but, like, you remember your principal. Oh, yeah, dude. That's the head honcho. That's the CEO of the school, man. Like, the buck stops with him. Yeah. And I think sometimes, like, he kind of just forgets and takes, not takes for granted, but you just kind of forget. Like, oh, yeah, like, his brother, me, like, I work on the radio. I talk on the radio every day. But, you know, like. It's just a thing. So, like, for me, I kind of forget, like, oh, yeah, like, my brother's, you know, was the disciplinarian. Like, now he's the goddamn principal. Like, yeah. to me, he's still just Chris. But I'm like, that's awesome. Well, yeah. And he's so, like, I don't know. I can just see him being really good at it, too. Like, when somebody's competent and in that role, like, it did not shock me when you're like, hey, he's going to be principal now, like, starting right away. I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. And I yeah. feel like he'd be a damn good principal, too. Oh, yeah. He'll do, he'll do a great job. When I was a kid, I didn't fully appreciate, like, what it meant to be a principal because you don't really have an idea of how like adult bureaucracy and um hierarchies kind of work within within the school but like yeah they just talk because you told me about it too at the was it at the christmas party did you know about it by then yeah i knew about it we just yeah maybe it was on the phone but like i i had heard about that and it was like just talking to you about him over the years it was like man that's a long ass journey and then when you just said like you remember your principal i was thinking about my elementary school principal mrs harrington and i was like damn she probably had to work her ass off to get there never yeah. even dawned on me as a kid i'm just like i don't know she's in charge yeah i'm with you i never really thought about it until my brother started going through the process of like being a teacher then doing this and that and taking more classes and switching over to administration and then 
Yeah, I mean, it's a process to be a, be a principal. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also you think about, like, dealing with, like, when you're a kid, you think that all adults just get along, right? But, like, one, like, dealing with adults' interpersonal problems amongst themselves. As the principal, like, you kind of have to mediate, like, the teachers having issues with each other, teachers having issues with the kids, kids having issues with the kids. But then also, like, I don't know, I don't know the best way to put it, but, like, when you're, like, I don't know, when you're kind of directing the flow of traffic, like, the, the eyes are on you in terms of, like, the school performance and stuff, too. So, like, yeah, it's it's a pretty big jump. Yeah. Either way, I'm super proud of him and just wanted to give him some love there. He's one of our biggest fans, has been listening for years. So That's awesome. Yeah. Patrick, my other cousin, I assume you know this already, but, you know, if you don't, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just talking to the Smiths directly. Yeah. Dan, the popcorn tastes great. Man, finding out family news, like, from indirectly from around the, you know, from hearing it around town, always weird. <laughs> right. Like if Patrick's hearing this for the first time, that's a celebratory thing. A lot of times it happens with not so awesome things. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. 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 That would be brutal. Stamp right. caps lock gets me every time. <laughs> I'm into the emails. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's what that typing was. Yeah. Caps locks. Is, I know. I hate it when my finger slips on it and then I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what is happening? Trickster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Uh, do we want to talk about the holidays a little bit? Sure. I think All right. get a touch on. Yeah, we could. And then we'll try to get around. I don't know if we're going to figure it out tonight, but I we'll throw around some ideas for what our, uh, I don't, what do we call it? A slogan for the year or just what theme? our theme? Mantra. Mantra? I don't know. I like mantra. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm I'm with you guys. I'm feeling that energy. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cobb, you can go first. Highlights uh, over Christmas break, New Year's. Dude, well, first things first, I love the holidays. And I didn't get to enjoy them as for as long this year. Um, but I definitely got a good amount of it. Um, uh, for people who don't know, I don't know if I've talked about it, but we just started a popcorn business down in Pike Place Market, and um, that's why I came back to Seattle. And uh, so the holidays are busy. I mean, that's the busiest time of year. Yeah. And so, like, November, December, I was just working a lot, whatever. But right before Christmas, once you're past the shipping deadline, so, like, uh, what's that, like the 23rd or whatever, when you can't really ship stuff anymore and it'll get to people, then all of a sudden, like, you have nothing you need to do and you can go full Christmas. And so that's what I did. I went out. Um, I take my mom every year out on the Argosy cruise, the Christmas ships, uh, for her present. And we get to spend a little bit of time together. Um, so that was good, as usual. You know, usually we share some laughs, some tears, and I uh, just kind of get the year in retrospect. It's a nice little moment, just the two of us out on a boat, beautiful lights to just kind of, like, you know, reconnect. And so um, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's like a, a treasured, uh, treasured tradition for me. It's our third year doing it. Then um, after that, the Ted Smith uh, birthday party. It's a good one this year. Damn Again, good one this year. Great first work. one at the new place. Yeah, it was awesome. Great work on the pizza. <laughs> I can't <laughs> tell you how happy I was to see you got it. They they cut it in squares. Dude, look, man. I mean, you know, I might have had to. Uh, I'm like. What? I don't know why my mind goes out. I was about to say, I might have had to jack someone off to Dan. Like, I, did not, I, I didn't even tip them extra. I thought you were going to say you had to like grease them like an extra five bucks. Cut it in squares, yeah. dude. No, the guy was super cool. I called him. I was like, sorry to be annoying, man. I'm just wondering if I could order a pizza to pick up later in the day. And he was like, yeah, dude, no problem. I was like, all right, man. I just, I've just i been dealing with a lot of annoying customers. I know how it goes. And he's like, dude, you're fine. We can cut it in squares. I'm like, all right. One more. <laughs> Thanks, man. Especially, too, is it's Christmas Eve, right? So Jesse and Jamie came over to my place on the 23rd. Thank God. And helped me decorate and stuff but then on christmas eve i'm like running errands cooking food so now it's like 132 ish i told people come over anytime after four so i'm starting to get a little nervous and as i'm about to be like should i call cobb he calls and he's like 
what's up, dude? I was like, I think Ian, like, this is our pizza spot. You on it? He's like, I'm on it. I was like, whoo, all right, thank God. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of, like, um, in Pulp Fiction. You guys seen that movie? Yeah, of oh, course. Yes. When they call the wolf, he's like, I'm on the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like calling the wolf. I'm 20 minutes away. You I'll said be there the wolf? In, I'll be there in 10. <laughs> That's all you had to say. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. Um, yeah, so the birthday was awesome, man. And then, you know, obviously the holidays are great. Got to see the family and just chill out a little bit, catch up on some Good. rest, some sleep, some R&R. And then uh, New Year's Eve, honestly, one of the better New Year's Eves I've had. So, yeah, feeling it. Um, yeah, I had a good time, too. I had... What was it? A five day weekend and a four day weekend, which I don't. That just you don't doesn't. Get those. Yeah. So that was that was nice, and like I cleared it out at the gym too. It was like relaxing. Um, went back home a bunch. Um, so driving from Ballard to Issaquah, I think for like four days around Christmas or something, <laughs> uh, just every day. You're right, just getting it done. Yeah. So it was good to see everyone and do all that. Um, and yeah, your party was definitely a highlight. Um, it was a- as Kyle would say, that was a banger this year. Yeah, yeah it was a banger. Yeah, Christmas Day was good. Uh, it was Tyler and my first Christmas at our apartment, so we had our own tree and like did our oh, own nice. thing in the morning before we went to our respective families. And then um, the day after Christmas is when my family did the whole thing with everybody coming over to my parents' house. So I went back for that, uh, brought Lance with me, and yeah, that was that was a good three day stretch from the, the party. Eat? Uh, that day we had honey baked ham. We had some turkey. We had yeah, I mean everything. Cobb, what do the cobs do? Ham or turkey for Christmas? Christmas we go ham. All right, Thanksgiving we go turkey. Yeah, Christmas is always a, a toss up, but I think honey baked hams become a staple. It's usually that and something else. Yeah, I'm with you. That's Christmas. that's the way. When I was a kid at my grandma's, like Thanksgiving was always turkey, and then Christmas was both. She'd get a honey baked yeah. ham and still cook a turkey. Yeah, and then Easter's just ham. Easter's just ham. Yeah, so... Uh, but I gotta say, shout out to the Honey Baked Ham Company. They have a delicious turkey, too. That's what you were saying. It is so good. Yeah, I want to try that one of these days. Um, Do they only sell it at the Honey Baked Ham, honey baked ham store, or can correct. you get them other places? No, you gotta get them at the stores. Wow. I'm sure you can order ahead online. Is there is this like a nationwide thing, or is it only in Bellevue? Oh, no. Honey Baked Ham is nation. I mean, I remember when I was a kid... I think I told this story for like the day before Easter, we would drive out to Georgia Avenue by Leisure World and there was a honey baked ham there and you would wait in line and like get a ticket. It'd be like out the door to get a ham. So these people do like what, like 40% of their business for the year on two days? Oh, probably Pro- more than that. Probably more than that. Yeah. But That's I mean, they insanity. make sandwiches and stuff too. But like I was saying last oh, okay. or last time we talked, like my mom, like, like my, like my mom, she's going to the beach for a week. She'll get a honey baked ham. Is there only one in Bellevue around here? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, it's the only one I've ever gotten in the, in the out here. Hmm. Think about all that delicious ham. Right yeah, and here we are again. I know talking picking, picking up where we left off. Yeah. Um, yeah, New Year's is fun. I went down to the tractor, which is just a walk down the street from. Um, oh, my dude, apartment. I was like a block from you. Oh, really? I was at some some bar right, uh, Percy's right by there, and then uh, uh, my friend's house party. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lines for a lot of places in Ballard on the walk down. Uh, I was out early, like okay. eight, and then, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, Aaron was playing, and Duke Evers opened, and we love both those bands, so that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I got to do the stage announcement for Aaron. He had me do that, which I was not expecting, and so I just <laughs> got there and... He's like, you gotta do it, because usually like his old manager Mackenzie would have would line that up with me, and then Aaron was like, get up, and I was like, damn, it's packed out there. But I told myself a long time ago, like, quit being afraid of getting in front of big crowds, you idiot. Like, get up there and do it and do it well. So, 
Um, yeah, even though it was unexpected, I like took the opportunity by the horns and yeah. definitely improved a lot from that fateful night before the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, any stager I can get on, I'm taking them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously we were all together Christmas Eve. Christmas Day I go with a, uh, a couple friends from work here to uh, 13 Coins, which is always fun. And then on the 26th, I have a tradition with, well, I take Joe, but a couple of my other friends, a couple couples, we get together at the Met and just have like dinner there on the 26th, which was awesome. Shout out to Rob. I look so fancy. I posted a picture on Twitter. And then, but people can't tell that my wine glass is just uh, Miller High Life. (laughs) (laughs) Champagne and beers, baby. Yeah. And I think I already told Matt, I forget who I was, I think it was Matt. I can't remember. But so we go to the Met, right? Obviously a famous steakhouse. So everybody's going to order steak. Been like, I got like some crab cocktails. But then it's like the day after Christmas, right? And my birthday. So I've been eating kind of like food for a while. Mm-hmm. So I ordered a salad and like the lobster bisque instead of just getting like a giant steak and potato. Love lobster bisque. Dude, when I, came, I went outside to swim with Spliff, I came back in and everybody has steaks, but they're like staring at my, like jealous. Like, uh, <laughs> that looks so good. Don't you love that too? Like that's always the rule in restaurants when you like go to the bathroom, you're, you'll, you'll come back and your food will be out or whatever. Going out to smoke a spliff sounds way better and you come back and your delicious food is there. Yeah. Perfect. And, and I know some guys that work there, I mean, they gave me like a bucket of bisque. <laughs> Dang. Dude, not to jump the gun, but what's this here? I hear about you feuding with Alan Stone. Oh my <laughs> God. Dude, he's in a legit beef now. What? All right. <laughs> All right. I, gotta tell I wasn't sure we were going to talk about it or not. I'll tell the story. It's fine. So, Matt, you know Alan Stone. Yeah. Alan Stone, singer-songwriter from the Seattle area. Uh, you know, he's, he's a national artist he's now. He's opening yeah, for training well. the Goo Goo Dolls on their, like, national tour. Okay, yeah, so that's... Very well known. Right? Like, long blonde hair. Like, he's a singer-songwriter. Like, we saw him... So, one year at Meltdown, he's the main act. Okay? My first year. That was your first yeah. year? All right. So, that Saturday, I may have been having some fun. So, at one point, I just go... I can't take this, man. I'm just, I'm not here with a girl. Like, I got, this is too slow. I'm going back to camp to fire it up, like chug beers, blah, blah, blah. So I'm kind of, t- so the Seahawks game on the 30th, I went with my buddy Greg. Greg, thanks for bringing me. So at halftime. So that was I, the first time you disrespected him. So I disrespected him. He never knew this, but I disrespected him and meltdown, right? And I can't explain, like, the guy's really nice. Yeah, but on that night, man, you were looking for that uns, uns, uns type yeah, of Yeah, I was like, I, you know, I'm just waiting for the late night tent or. The turn up. Or, yeah, right. Or, you know, beats ante, something. So I leave, right? I kind of talk <laughs> shit on him. So now it's halftime of this Seahawks Cardinals game, and they announce Alan Stone is performing. So I turn to my buddy Greg, and Alan, if it gets back to Alan Stone or some meltdown, I apologize. And I go, he goes, do you want to watch that? You know that guy. And I go, nah, man. I saw him once at Meltdown. It's a little too slow for me. Like, let's go get beers. We don't have to watch this. So now Taryn and Brad are at the game. Mike, uh, Mike Hawk is at the game. So I said, hey, meet us up at the 300 level. We pick some section. Let's meet there. All right, so we go up there. I see Mike and Taryn. We get a picture. We put it on the gram. I run into Barnsey and a few of the boys there. We're having a great time. So now there's these elevators, right, that come up from, like, the ground floor and the club section. So we're waiting by these elevators. It is a beautiful sunny day. So I'm going drunk. I go, Greg, let's just stand here for a minute and let the sun hit us. So now this unfolds in two parts. Number one, a group of people go, hey, there's like a mural there. Can you take a picture for us? So I go, sure, no problem. And I have a full beer in a cup. Now this elevator, as people get off, are walking behind me. I sit the beer down. This will be fine. Stadium prices. Right? So my buddy, Greg, is kind of watching all this. 
So he's watching these four people, as it, and people are walking around the cup of beer. As it dawns on them, because they're KSW fans, that the Ted Smith is taking their picture, they're like, oh, man, you're Ted Smith. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, like, chatting me up. And then I see a guy's foot kick my beer. And, I, and everybody goes, oh. And the guy goes, man, I'm sorry. I'll buy you a new one. And I go, that's all right, man. You don't have to buy me a new one. And somebody goes, well, I was just sitting on the ground. And he looks at me and goes, well, if it's on the ground, I guess it's both our faults. And I turn around real quick and go, it's not both our faults, but you don't owe me a new beer. I start talking to people, taking pictures with them. My buddy comes over. He has never, he has no idea who Alan Stone is, but now he's looked it up and he is like, you realize Alan Stone just walked up here and kicked over your beer? Uh, <laughs> so it's become a new thing. Like you talk to Alan Stone, he kicks over your beers. And now we've turned him into like this badass just walking around like, oh, you don't like my set? Fuck your beer. Godzilla of beers. <laughs> I just, I like that he tried to buy you one. And you're like, no, nah, man, I'm good. But I'm going to prove my point real quick. Right. Yeah. And I was like the dick not to both him, our right? Faults. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what, and I just snapped real quick. Like, just like, it's not both our fault. Point but blame you, it, me. But you don't, owe, you don't owe me a beer. You know, he walked away and he's just like, some people, man. <laughs> he should be right in thinking I was kind of the D in that circumstance. Totally. Yeah. So then when Greg comes over and goes, you realize that was Alan Stone that kicked you? I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Do yeah. I feel like it's all going to culminate like. 20 years from now, you guys at a party somewhere, like up on Queen Anne, looking out over the lake. And it's like, hey, man, you're Alan Stone, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, I, I got to apologize. 19 years ago, we were at a game. You had just played a set, and he's going to be like, I remember that. I was like, that was me. I'm sorry. I did, that was the second time I disrespected you, Alan, and I apologize. I feel like there will be one more disrespect before we get to the ultimate like culmination where the story wraps up. <laughs> Yes, I went to a Seahawks game, too, over the break and uh, pissed off Alan Stone. <laughs> and if you don't know who he is, look up his music. I mean, you could tell. Like, it, it's he's funny. a very nice guy. Right. If you know what he's like and what his music is, then you understand why it's so funny that he's just like, screw your beer. <laughs> God damn it, Cobb. I completely forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the break was good. Uh I took my light. So that was the other thing. Jesse and Jamie helped me set up all these lights and everything. So New Year's Day, Dunk comes over. We always get some food, watch football. So I said, hey, Dunk, at halftime, do me a favor. Just help me. I'm going to take some of this stuff down, right? So we take it all down. And then Barnes shows up, who's been out of town. And he goes, we take it down. This is not 15 minutes later, maybe 20. Barnes shows up. He goes, huh, you didn't even put up a tree or anything this year, huh? I thought you liked Christmas. Uh (laughs) I'm like... Dude, 20 minutes ago, this place was Christmas as fuck. <laughs> it's January 1st, man. We've moved on. <laughs> I should also mention for New Year's Eve, I have so much fun that week in between. New Year's Eve, I had a couple beers with Joe, and then I bought a Stouffer's. I'm selling at this. I bought a Stouffer's lasagna and a bag salad, and that was like New Year's Eve. And, I, and then I fell asleep at like 1030, and I woke up because my place, if you stand on the sidewalk, you can see the needle. Yeah. There was like 30 or 40 people out there. So I woke up at midnight like, oh, man. Went out there. You saw it? I did. Nice. I saw most of the It was good show. this year with the extra lights they added and stuff. I saw it was those testing cool. those a couple, of day, uh, a couple of days before. Yeah. It looked badass. Mm-hmm. But my yeah. question about the decorations. So traditionally in my house, we would leave them up till the 6th. We talked about this. Like little Christmas. Why the 6th? Because that's, that's the epiphany. That's when the wise men showed up. Most All of right. the, like, the wise men weren't there, right? They had to follow the star to get there after Jesus was born. But he, in the nativity, they're always there. Misnomer. Wow. Uh, so that was like an old school, I think, Catholic thing. Like, oh, January 6th is little Christmas. 
I think you using the word misnomer was a misnomer. I think what you're looking for is popular misconception. All right. I don't even know if that'd be a... Well, whatever. Anyway, yeah, dude, I didn't know that at all. I thought the three wise men were like the nativity scene. I, I bought it, man. You know, I no. took it for what it was worth. No, it took him a while to get there. All right, so was it gold, frankincense, and myrrh? What's the third one? Frankincense and myrrh, I know. Yeah, it is gold, frankincense, gold? and myrrh. All right. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this. I'm old. I'm old now. I've been old. But... What? Having a stove, I'm just saying, I can't explain it to you. I was so pleased with myself, kind of hung over from the Seahawks game. It's like, look at me, cooking lasagna. And then people were like, did you make it? I was like, no. And I told Matt, I go, the next day I just threw out the other hat. I was like, I, I can't have cold lasagna just sitting around my house. Like, I like lasagna, but cold lasagna is like a drug to me. Oh, yeah. Same dude, pop that in the microwave. Ooh. Yes, I got up the next morning and was just like, oh, have a little. And I was like, all right, we got to get rid of this. Oh, no, I like it specifically cold. Yeah, wow. you're, you're a big cold pizza guy, too, right? Yeah, I think there's something about, like, noodles and marinara sauce. It's got to be cooked before, but then I like it cold. Cold. Okay, so that's what I think Cold we, spaghetti? Oh, I'll mess with some cold spaghetti. Spaghetti, generally, I would warm up more, but I'm not against sitting there eating cold spaghetti. Yeah, so you'd like, like, a cold, like, baked ziti or something. So I think we talked about this before, but do you like it more cold? Honestly, man, the lasagna's a tough call. Pizza, I like cold, but I like it more hot. But you don't heat it, but not enough to heat it up. Like if it's cold at your place, you'll eat it cold. Uh, before noon. Oh, when I have, like, okay, after, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like bre- to me, okay. cold, yeah, it's like that's okay. like a breakfast thing. If it's afternoon, then I'd probably heat yeah. it back up. I feel that I toaster feel that. oven. Yeah, that's. I mean, dude, that's always the thing though. Like bagel bites, whatever. Like, of course, you should put it in like the little oven, but. Realistically, like most of us are, you know, they're slobs and we use the microwave. I know I'm a microwave. It's just a crazy time difference. It's like microwave for a minute or put it in the oven for 55. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? How much time do you think I have for a fucking hot pocket? That stove for lasagna was like 70 minutes. Like when I'm 70, if I make it that long, you know I'm going to be ovening bagel bites. But like, not now, man. I got life to leave. I have a thing now where like when I see a food that, it's like microwavable, but it has that oven option. I don't even want it because, like, I feel like I'm missing something by putting it in the microwave, and I sure as hell don't have the time for the oven option. Yeah. Just imagine, okay, if, if you're not feeling us on this, imagine for a second putting a hot pocket in the oven and think about the colossal time suck. There's that directions would be. on how to do that. Yeah. Have you, do you know anyone who's oven, uh, who's baked a hot pocket? I'm wondering if I did at one point. A long time ago. I used to that's have some free question. time, Cobb. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you want an item that really, like, not personify, what's the word? Like, I don't know. Like, it's emblematic of, like, the colossal time suck that putting cooking stuff in the oven is versus the microwave. The Hot Pocket I would put out as my, you know, my paragon of hope for you to change your mind. I just think it's hilarious that someone would put, like, like that would, someone would take the time to put a Hot Pocket in the oven. I just feel like once I'm getting into the oven... You know, I'm in, I'm into real food territory all of a sudden. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're eating a hot pocket, look, you don't love yourself. I had two last week. I'm not judging. But, you know, like, just microwave it. I think if you're heating one in an oven, you just simply don't have a microwave. Well, it's like if you're re- – yeah, that's, that's – okay, that's oh, true. That's I was going to say, yeah, only way you're that. responsible I don't even enough. have a microwave. How did that not dawn on me? <laughs> like, what is, the, what is the Venn diagram of people who are irresponsible enough to eat a Hot Pocket and responsible enough to make in the oven? That's really the question. Like, where is that overlap? Because it's got to be tiny. a microwave, too? I don't know. Honestly, like, now that you've asked that question, I don't know anybody that has ever been like, yeah, I cooked a Hot Pocket in the oven. Yeah. I got, oh, yeah, grab a seat. I got a couple Hot Pockets in the oven. <laughs> Should be ready in about 40 minutes. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
I will say though, the, the the amount of time it took to cook the lasagna in the oven, I liked. Because I was just like, ooh, this is gonna take a while. Better get real stove. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that, I, was I, like, got I was like so much time to get right, so hot. Right. I was like, I it's like 70 minutes. I got like three solid smoke breaks in there. Oh yeah. That Costco lasagna, man. That's my move. Meat lasagna there. Fire. All right, so here's the thing, right? Like I went to the QFC and they have just like a large portion of lasagna that's already cooked in the cold section. So I was like, I like cold lasagna. I could just get that and eat it. But then I was like, no, man, it's New Year's Eve. You get a frozen lasagna and cook it yourself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. It just seemed like a big difference. Dude, I was thinking about this. I think that my QFC should no longer be your QFC. Not by, I have no problem with you shopping in the same place as me, but by distance. I think you're closer to the crappier QFC. Uh, technically, that day I went to the other one. The one you're talking about. The crappier one. The crappier one? Yeah. Closer. That doesn't have the home store. Do you usually go to the other one because it's like, because it's not as much of a hill change or just because it's more way bigger or what? I don't, you know, just, I guess you're right. That other one probably is closer to me. I just go to the one on the north end of Broadway is when I moved up there. That just, it just seemed natural to walk up the Broadway. It really does. That's why, like, I didn't even question when you said you go to that one. And I'm just thinking about it now. Like, the other one's way closer. But yeah. Now that you're asking me, right, it might be. It's probably like two blocks. Each way? Well, yeah, north-south difference between Ted's place and my place is like two blocks. And weirdly, I think I'm on the divider for the for good the one. And I feel like he's on the bad side <laughs> of town, bad QFC. Although there's a Whole Foods down there too now. There is. Yeah. Well, the problem with the other QFC is just because it's in like that bait. Like they're, I don't know if you ever noticed this, their aisles are extra long. They are. So they, because yeah. they, they it's put a in weird more one. sections onto each aisle. It's a weird one. I definitely yeah. think the North Broadway one is just way more comfortable. Yeah, three floors. Vastly Just way superior. more pleasant experience. Yeah. And like I know, like now I've been going to the one on North Broadway like enough over the summer and everything that like like the meat guy recognizes me or if I go over to get some chicken salad out of the cart Ooh. in the cold case. Like the guy's like, oh yeah, I know you. That sounds like Ted's QFC to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, that'd be fair. I mean, I have no, I know nobody there. There's one cute girl who works there that I check out from time to time, but I've never spoken to her. She has no her. idea who you are. No, hell no. Man. I will say this. Uh, the other day, some customer freaked out. She started crying. Dude, I felt bad serious? for her. Didn't say anything. There's a girl at my QFC. <laughs> she's like, she's cute or whatever. And like, we just had, I just came through her check stand one morning and like, you know, we had an interaction and I was like, oh, that seemed a little flirty. Like, as I was walking out. And then like the next time she saw me walking with Tyler, hasn't even looked at me since. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. I was like, I wasn't trying to put out any vibe. I'm just a nice guy. Like. Understanding that you have a job that maybe you're not that excited to be at, I'm just trying to like engage some conversation and like brighten your day a little bit. Like I don't yeah, know, but I'm with you. That's that's what happens when you actually like aren't trying. <laughs> yeah, right. I will say this too. I like walking back the other one. I always feel like a like a just like a. I feel like a real grown up when I walk by the line at Dick's and it's like, yeah, I have real groceries. Ooh, yeah. How about you? How about you? It's a good moral win. It is. I did, have some, I did have some dicks over the break, though. That's it's delicious. Bomb. Yeah, I've lived there, right, since the summer. It's the first time I actually hit that dicks up. Wow. That blows my mind. Well, generally, that's one of those things I probably wouldn't think about eating these days to like a Saturday night or like a Sunday afternoon. But yeah, Saturday night going to that dicks on Broadway. Well, it's a lot Forget of Saturday about... nights oh, and yeah, Sunday afternoons over break. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pretty much all that. So yeah. like, you get some reps. Well, Dunk and I were sitting there New Year's Day. We generally always order pizza, but I was like, "Dude, I had some pizza the other day," and he was like, "I'm not that hungry." And I was like, "You want to just walk up to Dick's, get some burgers?" Ooh, good move. Yeah, seemed like a pro move. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the national championship game? 
I did. I watched it. Uh, just watched it uh, last night. Yeah. What do you think? You know what? Clemson is awesome. Clemson yeah. is a great program. Clemson is very good. So I'm not. I, I I don't think this is the end of Alabama or Nick Saban. Is that what people are saying? There's just Alabama just looked different last night. Like they legit looked like they thought they could just trot out there with Alabama across their chest and win. And Nick Saban, like he made some questionable calls. That fake punt was awful. I've never seen the kicker be the lead blocker on a fake. Yeah. And that, right. And the other thing too is like you don't have to know football a ton. But if you're setting up for a field goal and there's only four guys on the line of scrimmage, they know you're faking it. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, when you look at the – it's like, how – like, you should have called that play all – like, how could you really think that was going to work? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, dude, I, I – how you said it, I think, sums it up perfectly. They thought they could trot out with Alabama on their chest and win. I mean, credit to Nick Saban for getting him there, though. Like, his consistency is pretty impressive. But, yeah, it was a weak showing. Well, the first couple minutes, actually, they played well, I felt. And then after that, the wheels came off. When it was like they were yeah. scoring back and forth. And I don't know. I don't know what. Frankly, by the time you put Jalen Hurts back in the game, like he, he, come on, man, he ran your program for a year. Like, don't put him in for garbage time. Yeah. Right. Like, if you want to, and I think Tua is still going to be the quarterback next year. But I don't know that one. I was like, and that's the thing too. We just get so used to whenever Saban makes a move, it seems like genius, and it works all the time. So yeah, last night was just kind of different. Like, holy cow! Like they're getting their ass whooped. Yeah. Well, Clemson was bringing that heat too, though. They had some incredible athletes. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but if you're a Notre Dame fan, you got to feel a lot better about yourself after last night because they, <laughs> Clemson took them to the woodshed, but then Clemson went out and took Bama to the shed too. It's oh like, yeah, damn. Yeah, did you see uh, 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 Imagine Dragons? They were the halftime act. Oh no! <laughs> All right. So listen, I like Imagine Dragons. Me too. Right now, granted, a lot of their songs get played a lot on a lot of different stations. They are a rock. Like I like them. But they came out for halftime, and the dude was actually singing. Like, he wasn't lip syncing or anything. So I liked it. But then, and then they had Lil Wayne come out with them. That was weird. But people are just like, people just kind of hate that band now. Are they like on the cusp of becoming Nickelback? So that's, that appears to me what people are trying to do to them. Well, the thing is, that guy put some heart into those lyrics, man. First of all, if you have any beef with Imagine Dragons, also known as the Imagination Dragons. You need to watch the episode of them on Impractical Jokers because it's just hilarious. And it's like you just love see them about being that cool guys. Now. It's so funny. And <laughs> Sal goes out and calls them the Imagination Dragons. And, like, yeah, I found YouTube footage from someone in the crowd. And you can see the whole, like, painful. They're on that stage for, like, 20 minutes. It's, like, four minutes on the show. And, oh, my God, it was awful. But um, that made me like them a lot more. I think a lot of the pushback, especially that someone like you or I hear about, Ted, is... Because I just think they're more of an alternative kind of poppy band. And when they get airplay on an active rock station, sometimes people are like, this is too soft or whatever. And it's like, Nickelback was trying to be a rock band. Imagine, Imagine Dragons is like totally happy doing what they're doing, which is definitely a more poppy, synthy type thing that... They're not necessarily, you know what I mean? Like because yeah. they're so big, we we picked them up because like everybody, everybody, the, the masses they were on love every them. Station we play, yeah. we program this station for the masses. Like yeah, so the the masses like Imagine Dragons enough that we play them, and some of our like more quote unquote hardcore fans or guys that like the heavier stuff. I I see some pushback on it, and then but it also brings people to our station that otherwise may not listen that. So I think I think they're good for the station and you know good for the world and like I said watch that episode of Impractical Jokers. 
Yeah, I mean, I just I, I just woke up today and like Twitter was just like, oh, they suck, blah, blah, blah. I was like, damn. Oh, really? Like the Lil Wayne thing was weird. And anytime you try to just throw a rapper in there, I think it gets kind of strange. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just didn't expect that much heat. And I just can't get over it. I mean, like, the guy like did a medley of all their songs. Also, by the way, you might think you hate them. I guarantee you at least two of their songs you don't realize are them and you like it. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's <laughs> a few catchy. bands like that. His yeah. lyrics, man, like if you want to go into some stuff, just hop on Genius. Well, really with any song. But just Google the song and then lyrics, you know, whatever song you like, lyrics, and then look through Genius for the annotations of the song. But, man, like, that guy's got some deep lyrics, and it has taken him so long to get to the point that they're at now where they could, like, you know, quote-unquote jump the shark or be, like, you know, oversubscribed or however you want to say it. So, like, man, like, they had to work just as hard as any band ever to get there. And, like, a lot of his lyrics really reflect the the struggle that they went through to get to that point. So. You know. Well, that's the other thing. People today just kept posting like the choruses and like these lyrics suck. Like it's like it's the fucking chorus, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like generally, like the deep lyrics aren't in the chorus. Yeah, yeah. what the hook gonna be? Yeah, yeah. If you le- <laughs> read through a man, it's. Uh, I was impressed. I like Imagine Dragons. I'm pro Imagine. So I, am I. I. I think it's it's easy to. I've I'm perceiving a lot of like people lashing out at people that find success doing something. Like, oh, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of jealousy behind that, just in general. I just see it a lot. It's something over the last couple of years that I've kind of noticed a lot because I don't, you know, I, I want bands to make it and I want and I don't mind. You know, it's like I used to be very like underground and like the mainstream and every band's a sellout that, you know, can play a, an arena or a stadium and this and that. And yeah, I just think there's a lot of jealousy behind it. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's easy to. Like, yeah, the the sellout line in particular, it's like, man, if you were that artist, like, you get into it, like, you don't get into it for the money. And n- none of them, like, get big who are after money. But, like, you want your art to touch as many people as possible, man. And, like, if you can play an arena and people show up, great, man. Like, more power to it. I will say this as a quick, like, aside. Some people do truly sell out. But, you know, generally speaking, like, I mean, they got to get paid, too. You get paid for your job, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I often <laughs> think... I think sometimes for the rock crowd, it's tougher. Like rappers are rapping about wanting money from the beginning, kind of like they're, they're like they're the way they set themselves up is like, yeah, we're ready to sell out. Like we we're out to get money. That's the goal, right? Whereas I feel like rock people, the rock fans can be a little tougher. And yeah, I don't know, man. Sellout's such a hard term. Like I'm a complete sellout. Like, yeah, that's that's uh, my business, right? That's I what talk I was on air say, that runs like, commercials, and I do commercials for people. Like, right? There's also there's like what I said, but I think coming to that point of thinking that is number one, being working for a corporate entity that I like, and being on this side of things, and not being able to say everything I want, and having to take the opinion of the masses into account, um, and the bosses, and yeah, and also like re- achieving levels of success within myself that kind of got shook some of that jealousy out when I see other people doing what they want to do with their pursuits. Yeah, I agree with that. I just think of like this one time. So <clears throat> my cousin, um, Joe, buy that jacket for you. Player two has entered the game. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> um, so, uh, my cousin is like, uh, he's a graffiti artist as you guys know, but he does, um, big like murals and stuff for now for a bunch of companies, but he was a street artist for like years and years and years. And he still does street pieces. He just did a big place by Ted's, um, Ted's apartment. But, um, you see his stuff all over town, but the thing is, so like he did this, um, like as his career was kind of like taking off, he did this commercial, um, for Ford Focus 
And so to give a little bit of background, this guy lived in a studio down in Pioneer Square for nine years. His girlfriend left him. No bathroom in the studio. It's just a loft. And uh, his girlfriend left him like that he'd been with forever. And he was just there painting, painting, making no money, whatever. Nine years. Guy's whole 20s. Gone. So he gets this Ford Focus commercial. And all he does, he's not in the commercial. He paints like some uh, lines that they're going to run in the background behind this car. So this car drives across a white screen, and there's like these sort of designs behind it as the Ford Focus kind of magically comes in, whatever. And he got a bunch of shit for doing that commercial. And it's like, dude, this guy has been paid like five times in the last 10 years. And you're going to be really be on him for like, do, you know, doing like a, you know, a commercial and making like, a, you know, a, basically like a three months of a salary, you know, for one year. And it's just like that. That's when I was like, all right, Ooh. you got to stop worrying about it. Who was blowing back on him? Um, just so the like, people in the community? Yeah, people within the art community a little bit. And they're like, man, like he kind of so- sold out, whatever. And it's like, dude, that's absurd to get paid for what you love to do and have spent like 10 years learning how to do it. And like the amount of just the sheer number of hours that he's put into Like he did a mural down in Pioneer Square. People have seen it. I'm sure it's on 2nd Yesler. It's giant. He painted it for the city. It took him three months to paint. He painted it for free. The city just paid, paid for paint. So he did it as a donation to beautify the neighborhood. And that was like before he blew up. Now that would be like a forty, fifty thousand dollar mural, right? And so it's just like for him to take three months out of his schedule when he had no money to work for free to beautify, it's just like little stuff like that that makes me that uh, that as a you know, as an anecdote just makes me like really not give a shit when people are like, That person's selling out. It's just like yep. stop. Don't care. Like if they are doing what they love for a living and they make beautiful art, whether it's music or performance or, you know, whatever like paint like let him do it man yeah yeah i mean look that, that's the bottom line right like most people if i don't know if somebody you know it's like with athletes too like if somebody pays you a bunch of money just to do one thing like you're probably gonna do that thing over and over right it's like Why an at, you would never say tom brady sold out but it's like he, like he does the same exact thing all the time it's, like you know what i mean he doesn't really change his you know like yeah one hundred percent of so people like, talking shit are unrealized potential. Right. So if you right. So if you make a song, yep. right. So some bands get in a thing, and I get it. Right. Like, hey, let's be honest. You hear an ACDC song, you know an ACDC song. Hell yeah. Right. Like they don't change the formula a ton, but and, and for them, they they get the pass. But I mean, a lot of bands find a formula that works, and it's like, yeah, put out those hits, man. Yeah. Yeah. It takes so long for them to get paid, and they don't know how long that window is going to be. You know. I've NFL, found, same thing, or LeBron, or whoever. Like you see, they're like, oh, they're moving for money, whatever. It's like, you know how many how many years they had to put in to become an NFL athlete, and they get like average of two and a half years in the league or whatever. Like, go get I've, paid, man. I've found a lot of power in going shifting from I'm like jealous of someone that's getting to do something to like I'm happy for them. Yes, yeah. I may feel that it's unjust if I think that person's an asshole and is getting good things bestowed upon them, like but- Alan Stone. <laughs> 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 I mean, look, I'll still question things, right? Like, Arizona Cardinals just hired, uh, what's his name, Cliff Klingsonberry or whatever. They used to be the coach at Texas Tech. And I, like, today I just said, how does he get that job? He got fired from Texas Tech because he couldn't win on the college level during the season. Like, then he gets a pro job. So, like, huh. that's, like, I'll yeah. still question stuff. I'm just like, how does that make sense? Dude, I'm totally with you. Like, I'm down to talk, talk shit with stuff like that. I just mean, like, yeah, in terms of, like, a musician or, like, somebody who's, like, I, I don't know that I would consider well, maybe a football coach is an artist in their own Look, way. If you're Great a football stuff. coach, like the example I was thinking is like I think you're right to question it. Yeah. Not right to like hate him for it. You know? 
like I was just thinking of the example, but it would it would apply to football coaches too. But if you're like a football coach out there, you may even think that you're more suited for that job. But you can still be like, hey, there's another human that has dedicated his whole life to this game, working his ass off for opportunities. He got one, and I'm happy for him, and I can't wait for mine, and I hope he does well with his. And the during this whole conversation, I was just thinking how, like, Glenn and Tony from Windowpane, who have been busting their ass in the local scene here and have seen a lot of bands that I would argue are not as good as Windowpane blow up and experience the success that they've chased, is, like, they've always – they've never – started talking shit on other bands. They've always shown that respect for like fellow yeah. musicians that have turned it into a, a prosperous career. And that's one thing that I've always liked about those guys as humans on top of their music. Right. And I mean, look, even to bring it back just to have this conversation started about college football, is like, you look at Dabo Sweeney, what he did at Clemson, right? He graduated from Alabama. He was a walk-on. Then he got that Clemson job. And at some point, you know, the first few years, he, he tur- I mean, he was helping, but it's not like Clemson was Clemson all of a sudden. And they and Saban was like, "Hey, come back, you know, I'll give you a job back up here." And he was like, "No, like it's his alma mater." And he's like, "I'm going to stay down here and try to work on this Clemson thing." <laughs> and now you, I mean, now you can argue, or not even argue, like Alabama's not the number one. You know what I mean? Like Clemson, not just one last night. Like Clemson's the new standard. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a cool story. Yeah, that is a cool story, man. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's wild, man. And his players really like him. He's that's like, good. I feel like I don't know that people feel that like. When you were talking about Nick Saban, and I was just thinking, I feel like a lot of college football coaches are kind of can be kind of hard asses. Yeah, and there's not a ton of players coaches on the college level, um, and no. so that's cool to hear. Because I was thinking, like, well, obviously everyone liked playing for Pete Carroll, but now he's in the pros. Um, and I think Chris Peterson is another one. Coach but Pete, like, people love Coach but Pete. Saban just seems like a hard ass. Like yeah, it's all about exactly. the W. Did you Did you guys see what happened at the end of the game? After the trophy presentation? No, nah, I just watched the highlights on YouTube. All right. Do you guys remember you guys are rap do you you guys like mid nineties rap? Oh Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So do you remember the famous scene at the the Source Awards with Suge Knight in like nineteen ninety four? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So he gets on stage, they win some award, and it's in New York City, but this East Coast, West Coast beef. Basically mm-hmm. he gets on stage and he goes, Hey, any of you rappers don't want a producer that's all up in the video? All up on the records. Mm-hmm. Like, basically making fun of Diddy. He's like, come to death row. So <laughs> Y'all ain't got love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg? Right. Yeah. So, well, that was... That I know, was, I know. Yeah. That was, I'm just saying, same night. So, it was the same night. So, uh, after so after they give out the two awards, right, like, with the one guy, is like, yeah, yeah, he's got something to say. And the dude grabs the mic and, he, and there's like, they're like, we're on the West Coast, we're on the West Coast. Clemson again uh, from, from South Carolina. <sighs> and he, he tries to grab the mic. Reese Davis holds on to the mic. Good job, Reese Davis. Mm-hmm. But Almost. he goes, hey, I just want to say to any of you football players out there, if you want to come to a school where the coach isn't all in your practice and this and that, like, <laughs> come to Death Valley. They're all like, come to Death Valley. And it just, <laughs> right? I, the reference point I thought was awesome. I know that's a, but like, keep in mind, these guys weren't even born probably when that happened. Yeah. Damn, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I didn't see that live. Like, I'm way older than a college kid. And no, I, I was like 13 or 14 when that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, when I saw that last night, I was like, first of all, that is awesome. Good for well, you that's guys. That's really cool. But then can you imagine you win a national title and like, hey, let's make sure we go out and do a little recruiting bid. Yeah, dude, for sure. And, wow. you know, like, I've seen some, uh, I don't want to say behind the scenes, but like some commentary on that night. And I guess like that theater was packed with like 
West Coast on one side, East Coast on the other side, and they're just all talking shit in the audience like the whole time. It's Sorry. wild. And so, yeah, like it, it, everyone says like you could feel the tension in the room and finally somebody on stage said it. And like they th- all thought it was going to be a riot. Yeah, right. And and they weren't joking around at no. the time. I mean, no, unfortunately, no. it ends with two guys dead. Yeah. And that's the saddest Maybe. part. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, they're both dead. Pac has reemerged. Have you heard about this? No, he hasn't. We're still doing Dude. that? Dude, okay. oh, you I guys are gonna, a, you're gonna be like my parents used to be like, you know, Elvis might still be alive. Yeah, I, I mean, in '99, I thought Tupac was alive, and you know, was re, was getting into like very early internet age conspiracy. Malaysia, Malaysia, three syllables, Malaysia. He's relocated. <laughs> Malaysia. Malaysia. Tupac Shakur. Malaysia. Malaysia. Dude, think about it, Ted. Oh, so, think about it. God, of course. Mm-hmm. We had a guy working. Malaysia. You guys familiar with Manhattan Beach, California? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know familiar, but okay. yeah. So I grew up there. It's, it's a very the famous beaches for volleyball and stuff. Very, in the world. very well known, very affluent, very white uh, community. And at the middle school, there was a guy that looked a lot like Tupac. I still to this day, I think we we were right, but you know, I was not the only one that would be like, "Dude, you look like Tupac." And I'm just thinking about being a black dude and having a bunch of these, like, white middle schoolers coming up telling you you look like Tupac. Like, god damn. Dude, there was a guy at the Cluck You Chicken in College Park that not only looked like Tupac, but he always tied a red red bandana up front and had the diamond in his nose. Wow. And people just called him Tupac. Yeah. I mean, he he knows. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was the big theory too. It's like, no, he's alive, man. He works at fucking Cluck U in College Park. That's what I was like. Like, Tupac's working in our cafeteria. Yeah, he staged a death to go slang chicken wings in College Park. (laughs) He didn't want to be in the public eye. (laughs) Malaysia. Cluck U is a great chicken wing. I mean, he picked a good spot. That's the thing, man. It's like, you know, maybe that life wasn't for him. Matt, you ever get down on Cluck U? Wasn't he born in Baltimore? No. He's born in New York City, and then he spends like high school in Baltimore. High school, okay. And then he goes out to the West Coast. Yeah, the West that's, Coast. That's where he went to uh, high school with Jada Pinkett Smith. I full a little Tupac knowledge. All right, uh, Matt. Did you ever Is get that down? Will Smith's wife? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Did you ever get down on Cluck U when you lived in Baltimore? No. Oh, no kidding. No, you said that. Is it a U like, or Y O U? It's a U. Well, the thing was, was like when I went to Baltimore, I was just like a fanboy of the men's room, so I kind of just, like, when I, I just wanted to go do it, and, like, I let you guys know I was going there, yeah. but it wasn't like, hey, guys, give me all these recommendations. Like, if I was going back there now that I'm, like, friends with you, I like, I feel like I'd know all the spots. Yeah. Back then, it was just, and granted, I didn't have a car, and I lived, like, four blocks from school in Parkville, so it was, it was not like I was going to get to all the places, but, uh, yeah. Now I feel like if I went back, I'd know that I'd have a, a better to-do list. Yeah, and you kind of take it for granted now because there's, like, all kinds of wing places. But, like, used to be, like, you went to a restaurant to get, like, chicken wings, right? So, I mean, like, Cluck U was a massive deal. It was early. It was early. And they had these 911 wings, and they had to stop selling them at the College Park location. Some frat dudes kept making the pledges eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Permanently off the menu. I love it. Textbook. They are, the most, they are the, one of the hottest things I've ever had in my life. Really? When I was a janitor, right, my buddy Johnny Johnson, Johnny's like, hey, hey, Ted, when you come down for lunch break, good news, I got a bunch of leftover wings, you're good to go. So, you so know, at this table is Johnny Johnson and Ted Smith. Yeah. Right. My buddy William. <laughs> it, it would sound William Williamson. 
<laughs> and it's funny. I love Johnny. So Johnny's like, hey, Ted, don't worry, man. I got you covered for the lunch break. And we're nighttime janitors. Just come down to the room like this and that. So I go, all right. So you know me. I get down there. I got like a can of soda. And Johnny tells the story great. Like I set out my napkin, open the can of soda, whatever, open the box up. Like, all right. And just take a bite of one. And I mean, it, you oh. want to talk about just like redness and just like sweat. And it's just like, and, and they're dying laughing. Right? I'm, I'm the youngest dude. I'm the only white dude. They are, they are <laughs> falling out laughing. Right? And I'm just like dying. Like, oh, like, you MFers. I think there was some actual wings in there that you could eat, but he was like, they specifically put the 911 there. Dude, that's hella funny, man. Yeah. Yeah, they got me good. Uh, you know what? We're already kind of into this one. Stay diligent. We'll, we'll, I'll talk next week about uh, what our, our theme or our mantra is going to be. You got ideas uh, already? I do. Oh, I love it. Ooh. Yeah. Apparently, one of the themes is being proactive. That's not bad. I just know I have Make my- sure you put things off. <laughs> oh, 2019, the year you procrastinate. <laughs> yeah. Give it another week. <laughs> Matt, I did want to ask you. You know what? I'm not going to ask you that because now I'm just asking you to make fun of people. I was like, just I just got to ask one question. You because I I work out in a small gym, so honestly, I haven't noticed one new person in the new year. Like they're there. I I just want to know that one dude or one chick showed up and just like the freshest, dopest workout here. Oh, all the time. But I'm one of those. I had new joggers and kicks on oh, right, like two right. days after Christmas. So. When I used to work out at like a giant gym, that was always my thing. I like, posted about like, that on ooh. Facebook. Like I don't fit the, the gym bro stereotype as much as I could for the amount of time I spend there. At least I like to think so. But like a couple days after Christmas, like, yep, check me out. New pants and kicks every year. Yeah. Right. Fresh to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cobb, you want to read some emails there? Yeah. What are you laughing at? I'm just, he's like, I don't fit the Jim Rowe stereotype. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Cut off sleeves. Right. <laughs> Giant arms. Flat brim hat. <laughs> I'm like, I know what he said. And, and, tra- and like, in a lanyard around his neck. It's like, bro, you li- you clearly lift, bro. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a bro too, dude. Yeah. I get it, but I can't even like I'm trying to like, outside of that fancy dinner t- you went with with your dad. Like I don't even know the last time I saw you in jeans. Yeah, I wore some at the podcast like, I, party, man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. The other the other last two times I was filming for you at Cage Sport. So all right, so you filmed you podcast those. party, fancy dinner, Cage Sport, Christmas. Those are the times you wear. Oh, uh, Christmas I wore sweats. Were you wearing jeans at my house? Oh, for you, yeah. yeah. My yeah. point is, bro, you're a gym bro, bro. Okay. It's okay. Bro, so am I. Bro. I've accepted it. By the way, shirtless Fridays might be back in the mix. <laughs> you're a gym bro now, too. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, man. 2019, baby. Uh, yeah, t- Alan Stone. Remember, I'm a gym bro now. <laughs> Dude lifts. Actually, I will. Well, yeah. Yeah, I help put couches in the rooms. They don't stay. <laughs> I literally just had to mention God. that. Oh, yeah, I still have it. Didn't right. sell it. Holding on. I think I'm going to get a, uh, an ottoman. Ted and I do real quick, Matt. Ted, so, one, like, I've moved. In the t- Ted, how long we know each other? Seven years? Yeah. That sounds Eight, about nine right. years? We went a Ooh, while. My bad. There's 2011? I just, I just cursed. Oh. <laughs> probably. I don't know. Whatever. I'm trying to think. 2008, 2007. This is probably like, right. Oh, it was probably like 2010 we started kicking it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we're pushing eight years. I've moved six, seven times in that time. Never called Ted. This year, now that he's lifting. He's lost some weight. He's got those muscles. 
I put in the call. Oh, Boom. nice. He comes over, pull up with uh, this giant couch for like, so the place I live, obviously, I've told you, is tiny. And the staircases are built to code. So they're really narrow. Like the minimum you can build three feet, no, no extra inches. This couch is like two foot nine, 11 and three quarters. <sighs> and then like the height, same thing. Like you can't get it up standing Ugh. up. It's like, it was like fit, like, I don't even know of proper analogy like you could not fit if the couch was one inch bigger in any direction you could not fit it in that's what i'm saying we had to go up four flights straight up just boom 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 beast this thing we i had to pull my there's two pieces yeah i had to pull my door off and we basically had to grease the door frame to slide this thing in boom perfect fit to the corner anyway um Ted's a gym bro. He's getting those calls now. That's great. We're pumped about it. We're I was bro- pumped to be able to give him the call. He's pumped to receive. He was like, let's go, man. Yeah. We're both dripping sweat. It's <laughs> time to put some hustle behind that muscle. 38 <laughs> years of blood, sweat, and tears. Baby, let's go. <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the land. land. Guys, forget waffles and pancakes. Time to step it up a notch in 2019 and take a trip to Flavortown with eggs in a basket. Dish far superior to your normal waffles and pancakes. Before you say, eggs in a basket. Before you say, our good buddy James' uh, eggs in a basket is just toast with the center cut out. Wait, what? Isn't that like oh. something, the toad hole or whatever? Yeah, like, I've had that. What did I call it? And an egg dropped in. Doesn't sound so special. Guys, next time you make it, uh, season your eggs with a basket, or eggs in a basket with some salt and pepper, top with some carne asada, salsa, queso fresco, or do a scrambled egg seasoned with some cinnamon, nutmeg, and vanilla extract. Then top with Greek yogurt, sliced granny, Fuji apple, banana, sliced strawberries. Jesus, how much time does this guy have? The maple syrup. And if you're looking for something sweet, oh, and use Texas toast to cut the bread. Keep it real. Thank you for the what? free funny. Your buddy James. James, what did he call him? Uh, he called it eggs in a basket. Okay, my girlfriend calls them hole in the walls. <laughs> yeah. Hi. And... When we made those one time, when was that? That was, that was almost a year ago, or eight months ago. We made them. I, did, I started calling them glory holes because I just thought it was funny. But yeah, it was pretty good. I have had those. They are delicious. That's a great call. Um, and I like the shout on the uh, raw dog and broccoli on your video. <laughs> so it's, it just makes it way more fun. Yeah, when we did it, it had chives, bacon bits, cheese, and Johnny's. Um, Johnny's is fire, but oh, I love MSG, Johnny's, baby, dude. Johnny's on on real food all day. Big part of my of my personal dietary approach. Oh yeah, Johnny's. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm an old Bay fan first and for- foremost, but Johnny's is legit. It's yeah, I mean, it's it's like Tim's and Uts. Yeah, like in the last year, Johnny's, good options to have. Johnny's was always around for me, but in the last year, it's it, it, it's in the kitchen. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Hola, boys. So we had Ellen perform at where I work earlier this year, and from all the venue folks that dealt with her directly, I heard she was quite pleasant. Take that for what you will. Sometimes I wonder if these folks just get a bad rap because they have to be such perfectionists to get to that level. Anyway, cheers, guys, and enjoy the holidays. I think we might have been talking shit about Ellen a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think someone said they heard it was hearsay. But hearsay means one angry blogger said some stuff. That's yeah. true. Most of the time. And Tristan, I got your other one. I'll check out that podcast. We them boys. Hello to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. El Jefe here. I just have to say thank you for the meetup in Tacoma. I had a blast. My wife, Kelsey, did too. She doesn't listen and didn't know what to expect. However, she does know how much I love the cast and talk about it all the time. So she came with me because she's amazing and loves supporting her teammate uh, slash husband. Sorry I could go on about how dope my wife is. Anyway, <laughs> uh, she too had a blast and thought everyone was great. Uh, sad day we missed the after party at Rev's house. I definitely would have tried to get us an invite. Cobb, I hope you're using uh, the bell I brought you. bought you. Um, it was great to finally meet you. Dude, same. 
It's awesome chatting with you. Ted, always nice to hang with you. If it's in Tacoma or Spokane, always a blast. Oh, and on the last cast, you talked about The Godfather from the former WWF. If you're ever in Vegas, I'll introduce you. I've known Charles since I was 16. Matt, huh. thank you for the wise words about maintaining my recent 40-pound weight loss and new diet life change. I'm so much more comfortable in my own skin. Sorry for the length of this email. I uh, just had to give correct props to the greatest podcast, and uh, thanks for the great meetup. P.S., fellas, I'm keeping the river float alive. Hopefully we can make it happen. LARP on. El <laughs> it was cool hanging with you and your wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the idea of the river float. I, I will be dead honest. I had that harsh reality. Today is what? As we tape this, the 8th of January. And I was like looking at some stuff coming up, and I was like, oh, that weekend's already gone. That weekend's already. Like, how is my summer already? Like, how, I feel like yeah. half the weekends are already full. I'm like, damn it. I know, man. That's it what happens around popular. here. <laughs> that's fair start going to the gym I make mean, a lot of new friends yeah. <laughs> uh, um. I will say that is I don't need to meet new friends I just need to take advantage of more of my city friends that know women that's a good call does that make sense because I always said I, that's one of my goals this year is to meet new friends but that's a lie I just want to meet more women and, and like I don't know. Like this past weekend, it just—I've had some good run-ins with like women and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, when you like when you're downtown, like there's more single people. Yeah, yeah. When you're around attractive women, you tend to have more attractive women in your life. Yeah, harvest their friends, like I said one time, and got a lot of flack for. Yeah, Matt, because you're a misogynistic dick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna take that move on. Thanks, (laughs) Neil. Trying to get into the bidet game. What model do you guys recommend? Uh, I have the Lux something or other. It is very powerful, but you adjust and it's it's worth it. But like I said, I think it has like five dots on the on the power knob, and if you go to the second one, you're like, whoa. Um, but <laughs> but it's fine. You figure it out real quick, and then you just walk around with a clean butthole. It's totally totally worth it. Um, but there's a whole bunch on there, and didn't, you could recently got one, right? All right. Player two has entered the game. Was it Lux? What brand it might be. I, mine is not heated water. Mine neither. I'm, I'm Spartan, and uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, yeah, it's like so. You're right about the power. I said I would go all the way. I absolutely will not. <laughs> that thing would blow through my wall. Yeah. Uh, like I go like a half a power if possible. Barely hit. We it, might have the same. It was on model. Amazon for like uh, thirty bucks. Yeah, I think that's probably the don't, same one. We you don't have. need to go like if you fall down the rabbit hole of researching these things. I promise you, you will end up looking at thirty six hundred dollar Japanese bidets <laughs> with digital like readouts of your feces and stuff. Like no, like just get an inexpensive one that works. You don't need it heated. You don't need it to vibrate. You don't need it to have a fan. Yeah, you don't need, yeah, you don't like need anything. Plush, you need like, water to clean up after you take a dump and make your life more awesome. Yeah. Like it's really a, it's a really simple approach. The simple models will do. Apparently, in the price range Cobb and I went for, we may have the same model. I don't know. I got to go over there and blow it up or something. But, uh, you know, uh, some of the cheaper models, maybe the power knob goes way higher than necessary, but you figure it out quick, and it's well worth it. I turned my water down, water pressure down a little bit, and that helped. Oh, okay. The, the nozzle by the, by the wall. Yeah. So something to consider. But, yeah, I would say uh, – 8.8 out of 10, would recommend. The Squatty Potty, still getting used to. Have yet to give a rating on that guy. Um, It's a nice addition, I'd say. Um, But I would say the bidet is like the clutchest, clutchest addition. Um, and yeah, my parents have much nicer ones, and I don't miss any of the, the bells and whistles. It's just having water to spray up. It's awesome. Ted? 
I don't have a bidet. I don't know. I like the squatty potty. It might just be mental. But also for my height, it works great. Yeah, that's the one thing I think it could be a height issue for me. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. This is a cool email to get. Uh, oh, he didn't he didn't leave his name, but I would say it. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, I, he probably doesn't care, but you know what? I'm going to say it. Victor. Uh, looking forward to this uh, year's first podcast from the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the land. land. I've been an avid listener for two years now. Victor. Nice. I love those ones when it's just like, hey, I'm coming out of the woodwork just to say like, Dope. Thanks, boys. I've had my Carry eyes on, on you. What's you know? up? Like, there's people just awesome. listening in secret. And it's like, yeah, man, just let us feel the love. Got that 2019 energy, Victor. I'm trying to think That's now, Cobb. We were talking about how long we've known each other. So the first year we went to Meltdown was 2011 together. Okay. So yeah, Christ, maybe it but has. So we, met, so we first met, though, in your old building. Correct. When, uh, uh, via, well, I guess I don't want to say the people's names, but another guy who works in radio and a guy who works in uh, advertising. Yeah. And that was probably, I don't remember us actually meeting, though. For the first time, but I think I do. I think sure, it was in. Don't uh, those guys have the Buckley's? same name? Yes, they do. That's first time, yeah. No, I think it was down in the other guy's apartment or his condo down. Oh, the hall. okay, that'd be yeah. yeah, that'd be right. That's yeah. a good apartment too. That was. Yeah, like yeah. All right. Uh, cool. Good for emails. That's, hell yeah! All right. Let's kick the tires and light the fires, boys. Hey, hey what's good? What's man? Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, hey what's good? What's man? Check out with what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's happening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Check out with what's happening. Well, a lot's happened since the last time I was sitting in this chair doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> talked mostly about break, kind of summed that up, um, and touched on the fact that the most like prominent thing of my break was. Impractical Jokers. I discovered that show. <laughs> I watched over 100 episodes. Jesus. It's hilarious. It has, like, my side-splitting... It has side-splitting laughter. Like, it's four awesome friends from high school that are just, like, f***ing around. And, and you know, you're appreciating that, that friendship that they share. Which, you know, people say that about us all the time. Like, I love hearing... You know, hearing just some friends hang out. It's friends hanging out, messing with each other, and messing with the public. And um, I really like that bond and laugh really, really goddamn hard when I watch it. So I watched a lot of it. It was awesome. <laughs> I haven't binged or sat in front of a TV like that probably ever. Um, That's I think, what you were telling me. Yeah, the closest I came was probably when I binged Breaking Bad, which I started season or episode one the night the finale aired. Everybody was talking about it on Twitter. And I was like, fuck it, I'll start it from, from the start right now and binge it. And it was like, you know, I'd probably watch a couple episodes a day and like I'd be thinking about it a lot. But this is impract- like, Impractical Jokers, because it's been on for so long and there's so many episodes, it was just like, keep going, keep going. And I just had a free time. So it was great um, to relax. And a lot of times when I watch TV, I just feel like I should be doing other stuff with my time. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't try not to be like anti TV guy to others, but for me, like it straight up gives me anxiety. I got, I got stuff I want to do most of the time. And so, but with this, just having the schedule clear, I knew I'd, I'd have a big start of the year cause I spent all, I spent like the last week taking on new nutrition clients for 2019 and like going through the sales calls and doing all that stuff. So I knew I had, like, some work cut out for me, but I didn't want to stress about it, especially because I have, like, no sales experience. So 
um, it was nice to just relax for and watch TV with my girlfriend and just feel like a, I don't know, watching TV feels normal. And when I watch it, I'm like, I'm not enjoying this enough because I'm getting anxious. And now I feel like I'm not normal. Like some, And so it's cool to just veg the f*** out. Sometimes, man, honestly, like, just, you know, you don't need to watch a ton of TV, but sometimes it's nice to just put on something and do exactly what you just said. Just kind of veg out. You don't, you know, like I have a buddy, he doesn't own a TV, but he has a computer and he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke or whatever. But like, that's like his thing at nighttime. We'll go watch like a family guy or something just to show he likes. So he can go like, you know, just kind of, I don't know. It's just nice to have something that you don't have to think about. Yeah. That's why I love Sundays, man. I love to post up with a pizza and just like crush some shows or movies or whatever. Yeah. But to my... I got to finish off the new Narcos. Ooh. I watched Is the second season good. It's like season four or something now. Oh, Jesus. They're already yeah, on season they're, one. I was they're done say, with season one. They're done with Colombia, dude. Now they're in Mexico. I was going to say, I stopped after season one. Yeah, me too. But I do like that show. <sighs> yeah. I still love it. A lot of times, like shows like that. Someone's in the wire. I've seen a few after over, but they take me a long time. Like, I think I watched Narcos over the course of like three months, and most people watch it in one sitting. Seems like yeah, that's how I'm at with like Rick and Morty though. I mean, I watched that like pretty quickly. Narcos is weird to me too because like I like football so much in the fall that I realized like I don't watch nearly as much Netflix. Netflix is like a winter, spring, a little bit of summer. So it's funny like I hadn't heard the theme song. I put it on the other day and I was like, it was almost like a Chris. Like it gave me like a warm feeling. Uh-huh. Like oh look at me watching oh, Narcos yeah. again. We're back. Mm-hmm. We're back. Yeah. Um, for everything I just said about TV, sports has always been like what what I use TV for the most, like dating back to when I was a kid. I yeah. never was like, oh, I want to watch cartoons. I was like, when are the Kings playing? When are the Lakers playing? I'm going to go play basketball or hockey out in the street until I can watch it on TV. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And I think I told you, Ted, I might have. I was thinking about it. It's just weird how much I was thinking like I was on Impractical Jokers in the real world after binging it that hard. And it got me thinking, like, because I'm just imagining, like, screwing around with the public or, like, picking food off their plates and, like, all these, like, random things that they do. And it's like, you know, I don't want to get all up in people's business, but if you're watching the news for two or three hours a day for years on end, like, that might have an impact on your mental state. And that's just something that I thought of that's, like, I know it's not going to be a popular opinion if you like to watch a lot of news, but it's, like... I noticed it really clearly. I pretty much have a clean slate of a brain of a person that doesn't watch a lot of TV. Then I went in and watched a ton of TV, and I was absolutely thinking like what I watched on the TV when I went back out into the real world. So I just wanted yeah. to like point that out to people because it, you know, if you're watching a lot of TV or the news, like it may not sound exciting to hear, but that was my experience. I got nothing against watching TV, and I think a Practical Jokers is great. Yeah. Uh, I'll second that too. I told Matt, me and my mom talk about that show. I don't know how to explain it. Like they do a bunch of jokes and stuff, but like it's still like wholesome. Like yeah, my mess- sister loves that show. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that just like like a lot of people like it. So Matt was talking. They, I was like, dude, I was like, trust me, I know that. show. They do a great job of making sure that they're the butt of the joke every yeah. time, not the people that they're fucking with. But they're not like picking on those people. Um, Next and- year we go on the cruise. Oh, dude, that's right. They do cruises, dude. I would be so down. I don't know. I was, I've never been on a cruise, but like if it's a band, like they do like and these rock cruises. Ted, you would love cruises. Really? I, I've only been on one. You would definitely love it. But in Practical Jokers, like they have their own one and like yeah. they, they do stand up sets. They do sets That's with cool. them messing around. And then I think they bring other comedians on. Oh, yeah. They That's bring awesome. a lot of. Yeah. I was thinking that'd be a ton of fun. 
Yeah. I'd totally be down. The Gronk one's the one I always wanted to do. He has his own cruise? Him and his family. They did for a couple years. He might have shut it down. And then what else? There's one going on, I think, right now called Holy Ship. Yeah. That's like a... Like EDM. A, yeah, like a rave on a boat. Some some raver chick I used to follow on Instagram would always go on that. and Yeah. Yeah, my friend Adrian that does the little um, uh, the, like the light up ears. We met her in the beer garden first okay. night. She's a burner. But yeah, she goes every year. She didn't tell me this. I had another friend that, or a friend of a friend that went on that cruise. And they said when they checked in, some dudes like knocked on their door. And they were like, what's up? And they were like, hey, man, can we just come in and check something? We stayed in this room last year. And they were like, okay. And they like moved a piece of art and the wall was like weed. And they were like, yes, yeah. we got the weed. <laughs> Is that? I, I love mean, that story. Dang, yeah, a that's... year it lasted on a cruise ship? That's awesome. Makes yeah. sense. But that's my other thing, too. I always want, and God, this sounds horrible. But like when people go to like, like festivals and other, like I'm always like, how the hell did you get your drugs in? Yeah. <laughs> that's always like my first question. Like Bonnaroo's in Tennessee. That's the South. You better be careful. <laughs> did you see the Bonnaroo lineup? Nope. Friday night is like, I got it was something insane. I want to say the top two acts on one night are Childish Gambino and then Fish. What? Yeah, it's just a weird like. I think grit like it, I was like, man, that's a that's a weird combination. Yeah, Fish, Childish Gambino, Solange first night. <laughs> oh Second yeah. night Post Malone, Odessa. Third night Lumineers and Cardi B. That, those are weird matchups. Post Never, Malone is so big. Post I love Post I, I did. I haven't listened to him. Like I'm oh. not talking sh- smack or anything. I just didn't know who the hell he was, and like it just seemed like kind of. And then it's like, wow, no, this guy's like legitimately huge. I thought it was some like kind of internet thing, and obviously he started on the internet. But I just thought, it, yeah, I didn't realize he was that big. I thought he was some like kind of unknown, like flash in the pan. And I was like, whoa, oh, I am way out of touch. I am year. way out yeah. of touch. Yeah, massive. He's young too. Yes, and he's likable, man. I mean, he people knows, give him a hard time. Is he's you know, he's got face tattoos, and he might not be the most attractive dude. Not Post Malone. I'm not saying that. You're better looking than I am. But uh, yeah, the internet just roasts him constantly. And then you know, a lot of a lot of bros liked his rap. So then it was like, well, he's not a real rapper. He used to do country, and he's like, well, his songs are massive. And he does rock and stuff too. Yeah, he yeah. does a cover. He does a cover of his shows of a Nirvana. I want to say, yeah. I, think it, I can't remember if it's Teen Spirit or In Bloom. Either way, it kicks ass. Huh. Yeah, yeah. he's done a couple of really good covers. I actually, like, two days ago, I was watching YouTube covers of him. Like, he's covered a bunch of different songs. Who and he's, is he? Yeah, really and he's really out with. He, he went slugs out with, with, like, he slugs, like, Bud Light or Miller Lite. He's sponsored by Bud Light. Yeah. He has a Bud Light fridge in his house. Yeah, he designed his own Crocs, and they, like, sold. So I'm saying, like, he's a likable dude. Yeah, like, everything I hear about him lately is like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. I haven't heard his music, and I had no idea how big he was until uh, recently when I think I just saw him, yeah, headlining some crazy festival like that, and it's like, whoa. Um, but, yeah, he's he seems like a really cool, likable guy for sure. And I think I saw him... Get on stage with Aerosmith, if I'm yes. not mistaken, yeah. at an MTV thing or something yeah, like that. He and did. I was like, wow, good for this guy. And you could tell he was loving it. And like, again, back to just being happy for a fellow human getting to do some rad shit. Like, he was having a great time up there. And it, yeah, made me happy. So, dude, this lineup is insane. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's I was just saying, both in like its scope of like great artists, but also in the matchups of like this person's playing, but this person's also playing on the same night. It's like, very bizarre. I, I just feel like I'm in the rare group of people that's going to be like, no, I love Childish Gambino and I've seen Fish. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> I just don't see it's a, a small ton Venn crossover, right? Yeah. Like, is fish going to cover red bone? Like, that's like slightly <laughs> bigger than those hot pocket oven people, but not by much. <laughs> All right, well, I think it's about that time. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. I did not realize you were taking a sip of your trip. I like looked down and just started <laughs> tapping the bells. Like, where's the poop? I was like, oh wait, this is my cue. Starting the year off strong. Oh yeah, the CT. I, nobody um, even knows who I am. All right, so this one we're gonna go by your birth state. Matt, you were born in California, correct? Yep. Ted, you were born in Maryland, correct? Correct. Okay. Bob, you were born in Washington, correct? Correct. So, if the U.S. was a single mom, <laughs> and the fifty states were her kids, wow, how best would you describe your state? based on this hypothetical assertion. If the U.S. was a single mom and the 50 states were her kids, how best would you describe your state? California as a whole? Feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com. So I have to describe my state as a... As a child. Like like you're the mom and you're like, oh, well, this child is like this. You know what I mean? Like Texas, for instance. You'd be like, oh, well, my child like loves guns and the open countryside and big parties and cut off jeans. California is like bipolar or schizophrenic when you split up its north and south, but both sides of the personality are awesome in their own ways. So you're going with awesome? Well, uh, it has to be one word. It can't be a short description of like, it's a, I don't know, it's kind of bipolar and like split personalities. Gotcha. But they're both awesome because like, Northern California, whether you're up in like the Sierra Nevadas and Lake Tahoe or out in San Francisco or like Humboldt County, like all that stuff I think is really cool in its own way. But growing up in Southern California, it's a totally different ballgame, but, but most still states, awesome. I think most states are that way. Like the people that live on the eastern part of Washington oh, consider themselves. And then like I'm just saying about Maryland, right? Like Maryland is the same, it's almost like three states. There's where I grew up around D.C. and Baltimore. But then you go over to the Eastern Shore, that's like a kind of a different lifestyle. And then if you go out to like Western Maryland, they don't, you know, you go out to like Garrett County, like they don't identify with somebody from PG County. Yeah. But I would say Good this <laughs> she's going to love us because we're one of the first children. We're one of the oldest. <laughs> right? We've been there. So we're, there's 50 kids. We're one of the original 13. There you go. Uh, I'd say we're a diverse state. Uh, we offer to make dinner multiple times a week with our lovely seafood from the Chesapeake Bay. Loves to entertain. Right, <laughs> that's what Maryland does for you. We're a little fiery. Uh, there's some weird things going on, but uh, at the end of the day, too, like crabby, we're that, we're that kid you keep close because you need us. I would say Washington is like the the kid who went to the alternative high school and learned about ferns and plants. Um, loves to hike, but also like you know, it's kind of a loner. Um, <laughs> that's how I ended up here. You just described me. There you go. Yeah, and I feel like. Um, no, I was talking about like the environmental school, actually. Oh, okay. Like they they have ones that are like there's one up on Finn Hill that I was thinking of, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, like sort of like the alternative kid who, um, yeah, really likes like hardcore music and like um, you know has a lot of emotions, but maybe doesn't share them. Washington. I think that's pretty fair. You know what I mean? Because like all the bands from here, right, are like kind of like angsty, but all the people who listen to them are sort of like too hipster to like say they're into it and whatever, and you know. You think about grunge, but then also like a lot of the bands that came along later, like um, Death Cab or like uh, you know Postal Service, whatever, and like yeah, Modest Mouse, Modest Mouse, thank you, yeah, Odessa, yeah, like it's pretty like I don't want to say emo music, but it's emotional for sure. But then like the people just kind of like will stand there, sort of jaded at the concert, and, like all right, this is cool. 
The only, I'll tell you the one I never really got into, and I think they're from here, right? Is Band of Horses from here? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember years ago, like 11 or 12 years ago, a girlfriend took me. To, and at that point, I really only listened to rap, even though I was working at KSW. And I remember we were at the show box. And Band of Horses is a pretty big band. But I just looked at her and I went, huh. I always wondered where, like, 30-year-old white people, like, what shows they went to. And like, now I get it. <laughs> you know, because it was still, like, the second year I'd been out here. So, first of all, it was just a lot more white people. But I was just like, huh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So white people are doing, eating hot dogs, watching Band of Horses. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, there you go. There's uh, 2019. We're kicking it off. There's episode 244. <laughs> Uh, think about what you might uh, – well, next week we'll actually focus down and talk about what the, the theme and the mantra is going to be for the year. I have a couple ideas. But either way, uh, hopefully you're staying diligent right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a big resolution guy. If you're into them, stick with them. <laughs> I hope yeah, they're working. Yourself. Yeah, right. If you're beating yourself up because you didn't do one yet or whatever, don't sweat it. You, you got 11 out of the months. Dude, and also the day they're listening to this is probably one of the harder days. I feel like now they're – the you know, the energy for it is waning a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's like the yeah, third day, point. the third week, and then like February. Always tough. Yeah. Yeah. Believe in yourself. All right. So there you go. <laughs> like I said, there's episode 244. Uh, we'll see you next week. We'll have that theme ready for you for MCTP, for Cobb, and Lee Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>